0: After a modest week-long hiatus last week, vacation, we are back at it here on the broadcast. Thank you for your patience last week. Sorry there wasn't anything fresh in the feed. On this episode of the podcast, during what is a relatively quiet time for NBA teams and the 76ers, we're going to focus on the virtual side of things within the franchise, and that would be... 76ers gc part of the brand new nba 2k league this season we'll speak with a player on 76ers gc steez alexander bernstein and we'll also hear from brendan donahue a longtime executive at the nba office who is now the managing director for the nba 2k league and he will take us through everything associated with one of the league's newest and what has been so far highly successful ventures Before we jump into all things 76ers GC and 2K League, a reminder that to subscribe to the podcast, you can head to Apple Podcasts, Google, Stitcher, SoundCloud, type in Sixers Podcast Network, and that will take you to our feeds. And we'd love to have you uh, as a subscriber. As we get things going on this 2K League centric edition of the podcast, before we bring in Brandon Donahue from the NBA office, we're going to hear from a member of 76ers GC right here in Camden. That would be starting center Stees, averaging right around 11 points, 9 boards, and 10 assists on a very well rounded and skilled roster this season. 76ers GC is currently a top three team in the NBA 2K League heading into the final weekend, uh, final two weekends of regular season play this weekend and next weekend. Stees. Thanks so much, man, for taking a few minutes. Why don't you catch us up on how the season has gone and the state of things with the team?
1: I mean, it's been a it's been a long season, a lot of ups and downs. Um, we started off really hot coming out of the the tip off with a tip off victory, where we have our banner, and um, we kept rolling after that. I think we went on like an eight game win streak, and um, then the, there's been a couple of rough patches this past week uh, or these past couple weeks. We took a couple tough uh, losses and we realize that, you know, playoffs are right around the corner and we need to solidify a spot in those playoffs. Um, obviously, you want one of the top spots in the playoffs. You want either first or second, somewhere around there. But um, what you what you learn about this 2K league is that every team can compete and every team could beat you. It doesn't matter. So now it's to the point where everybody just wants in on the playoffs. So now that we've kind of got that in our head – We're fighting and we're grinding every single day. We're here from, it seems like, nine to like four or five at night, just literally scrimmaging teams. So when we get home, we're mentally, physically just exhausted and drained. But we know that that's the kind of push and the kind of effort that we're going to need to make these playoffs right
0: now. This is going to be a real dumb, naive question to ask. (laughs) But from a physical standpoint, I can understand the mental drain but from yeah. a physical standpoint like what hurts i mean for yeah, you guys it, it, it's day? not really
1: hurt like i mean i guess like your body aches a little bit but it's like you know you're you're sitting in the same position like hunched over looking at your screen your your eyes are hurting they're they're burning usually just because you're staring at a screen for a bunch of hours which um probably isn't the best and we, usually we're not like that we like to get away from the screen every once in a while and take a break but um, right now it's those crunch hours and those crunch days that you, you really need to you need to um, take advantage of because last thing you want to do is you know maybe not make playoffs and then been like, dang, like maybe if we would have grinded a couple more hours like in the facility or in the lab, like we probably could have made it. So right now we're taking advantage of every single hour and every single minute that we have, and um, we know it's going to pay off.
0: When you leave the 76ers training complex at the end of a training day – do you go home and spend time in front of the screen? Will you play more games? Will you watch TV or stream or anything like that? Or the, do you give yourself a break?
1: The, we give ourselves a break, but that's like right away. So, like, once we get home, we give about like an hour and a half, two hours, whether it's going out and eating with the team, um, maybe just taking a nap, something like that. I know I usually like to eat and take a quick nap. Um, but then once we wake up, you know, we, we realize that there there is an offside to our 2K League, which is doing our own thing like streaming. Like, we like to play like other certain games like Fortnite, Madden, Call of Duty, anything like that. Um, so we do have our little break, but we do like to get back into it at night, especially if it means streaming.
0: Like you were saying, it seems like um, any given matchup, you could have something crazy happen. You guys withstood, what was it, an 84-point barrage in yeah. the game against Grizz?
1: Yeah. Um, it, it's been rough. You know, the, the, league, the, the league's come out with some new archetypes and a new patch that um, there's some builds out there that are pretty lethal. And um, a team decided to go five out against us, and – we decided that we were going to let... He would have had to drop 100 if he was going to beat us. That's pretty much how... Because the way we saw it was one person's not going to be five, and as you saw, he put up 84 against us. Which he's a dog. He did great. He 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 did what he needed to do. Um, but I think all five of us in our game, uh, we all scored in double digits. So in that fat, in that matter, we kept telling him during the game, you got to score 100 if you're going to beat us, man. So 84 wasn't good enough. Which I know I know that dude personally. Um, authentic African, great guy, great player in the 2K league. Um, he'll be a hall of famer soon. He was. He would rather have zero points and a win than 84 and a loss. So you got to look at it how you want. What was uh,
0: life as Alexander
1: Bernstein like before all this? Oh, life, life, life was interesting. Um, I, I mean, I'm 24 now, but at, at the time when I heard this 2K League was going to be announced, I was 22, 23 years old, and I was living in Orange County. I just got done with school in South Dakota. I got my degree in sociology. And I you became, played football, right? Yeah, I played football. I had a football scholarship and, um, I came back and became a financial advisor over in Beverly Hills. So I was doing that for a while and it was awesome. It's a great job. I was, I was always in like conference meetings, kind of like this room that we're in right now. Um, with like 35, 40 year olds that are just so passionate about like the financial industry, which like, it, it is fun to learn about. And like, it, it's awesome. You can make a great living in it. Um, but it just wasn't something I was fully passionate about. Um, when I got off work, I wanted to go do what I love to do, and that was, you know, stream and play 2K and whatever else I like to play, whereas them, they'd get off work, and that they'd still just keep focusing on the the financial world, Um, and so once I heard the 2K league was getting introduced, I kind of put – I don't want to say, like, I I half-hearted work, but, like, that's kind of what it was because I wanted to focus so much on making this – I do. I would never suggest putting all your eggs in one basket, but I definitely did. <laughs> uh, my mom always told me don't ever do it, but I did. And I and uh, I think like February or something came around. I remember my mom came in my room and she was like, "So what's going on?" And I was like, "What do you mean?" And she's like, "You know, I, I know you're not working as hard like in Beverly Hills. What's what's the deal?" And I told her I was like, "Listen, I was like, you have to give me until March. I was like, just give me till March." <laughs> and I was like, "If if I don't make this thing, then I'm like, oh, I'm done with it. I'm done with video games." And I eventually made it, and, and now we're here. And, um, you know, she she always – we'll talk on the phone, her and I, and I'll be like, remember when you would, like, give me a hard time about this stuff? And, and she's like, no, I never give you a hard time. She's like, I
0: knew you'd make it. And I was like, yeah, me too, 77,000 people, right? <laughs> I mean, the odds are, are really uh, crazy. Uh, how did you wind up uh, playing center, the starting center? What do you think it is about that spot that uh, plays to your strengths?
1: Um, I got I actually got drafted as a small forward. Um. And you know, one of the things that I love about our team so much is that we do what's best for the team, no matter what it is. Even if they told me like, "Hey, man, Alex, you're gonna be you're gonna be riding six man this week," and I'd be, I'd be like, perfectly fine. As as long as my team's succeeding, like that's all I want to see. Um, I didn't choose to play the center spot, but I think. I knew enough about the game, and I've been playing 2K long enough, um, especially competitive 2K, where I knew I could help our team succeed with me being there. And so I I mentioned that to the coach and to the team, and um, we tried it out in, like, some scrimmages or stuff like that, and and it ended up working very well. And we said, you know what, let's run with it. Um, And then I remember, like, tip-off tournament, very first game of the tip-off tournament, we ended up losing, like, 13 or something like that. Um, but we decided, you know, let's just stick with it. Like everything will be fine. And then, you know, we made our run and won the tip off championship and we, that we solidified our spots, um, on the team. But like I said, it it was just based on, we, we got to put ourselves in the best, the best position to win and where we're going to be most successful. And so that's how it kind of came up.
0: Do you remember the first video game you ever played and what your first gaming system was?
1: Yeah, my first video game I ever played was, like, a Super Smash Bros. on Nintendo 64. Um, I remember my... That gr- makes me feel old. <laughs> well, I remember my grandma had, like, one of the very first Nintendos where it was your, your rectangle, um, rectangular controller where it was just A, B. And That's a had, cool like- grandma. Yeah, yeah, and she had, like, the Tetris, <laughs> like, the Dr. Mario Tetris. I remember that. Uh, but I never really played I would just kind of watch her. But my very first one, like, I really So your sat grandma was playing? Yeah, yeah. She would love playing that stuff. But uh, I remember my very first one, like, sitting down with the controller was the, uh, the N64, like, Super Smash Bros.
0: N64 was a great system. Oh, yeah.
1: And Super Smash Bros., there's like, that game's a classic.
0: Indeed. GoldenEye. <laughs> GoldenEye, all that stuff. Diddy Kong racing. Mm-hmm. Kart. All that good stuff. Um, did you ever think... Uh, it sounded like you had a lot of belief in yourself. Did you think that this was... Uh, anything like this was ever a possibility in the works for I, yourself?
1: There, I did not. like. I knew I always wanted to do something with video games. It was always a huge passion of mine, but... When this league got announced, you you always just think in the back of your head, you're like, there's no way, like, it could be me, like, ever. And after, you know, there was the combine system and, and grinding that out, we got the email, right, that said you made the top 250, which is, like, overwhelming. You're so excited. Um, and then you need the call, though, the call to make the 102. So, like, there was people in this world that made the top 250 that didn't make the 102, and that's devastating. And I I thought once I made the 250, I was like, there's no way, like – I was like, please, God, don't tease me with this. Like, you put me in the 250, don't, <laughs> don't let me not make this. Um, eventually, I did get the call. I remember my phone rang, and the caller ID said New York. And I was like, oh, no. So I answered it. And it was this, uh, I, I can't even tell you what her name was, but it, it was it was a female. And she was like, hey, congratulations. Like, you, you know, you made the, the 2K League. And I was going nuts. And nobody was home, like, whatsoever. Like, I was by myself. Um, and I remember I was so excited. But, yeah, I never would have dreamed a millionaire's at this is what I'd be doing now, especially in 2K, because I just picked up 2K in 2K17, so that was a year ago, um, and a lot of people have been playing this for like 2K12, like like way back. Um, so this was new to me, but it, it's always one of been it's always been one of my things that like you're never gonna outwork me, you're never gonna outgrind me. So even though I'm new, or I just picked up 2K as of recently in the past couple of years, I got I tried to get as best as I could at it as I could to compete, especially when I heard when this league was coming out.
0: I was going to end it with that last question, but now i got to follow up. So what was it about the game? What do you think it is about you that allowed you to skyrocket through such a competitive field after being, I don't want to yeah. d- diminish what you've done, but a relative <laughs> novice yeah. in terms of length of experience in playing the game? So what happened was I was really big,
1: like I said, with Madden and, and other games like that. And some of my buddies from back home, um, shout out David and Joey, they they told me, hey, man, why don't you come play You know, this game, NBA 2K? And I was like, oh, that's the basketball one, right? And they're like, yeah. And they're like, what you do is you create a player and we can go play in the park. It'll be like 3v3. It'll be fun. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, let's do it. So I, I created my player. We started playing. And um, I, I fell in love with it right away. I was, I was really addicted to it. I just wanted to keep playing all the time and compete. And I realized that I was developing quicker than my friends were. And that sounds mean. But, like, I felt like I had more to, to give. So, I, you know, you start networking. You start finding other people to play with a little bit. And as I started meeting people to play with, I, I ran across Dimes, who was the number one pick. And me and him were at a party talking for a couple hours. And uh, then he came back one day and was like, hey, man, like you want to to start up a team together, a pro-amp team? And I was like, yeah, let's do it. And that's kind of how I, I got into the, the competitive scene in the 2K League.
0: Amazing stuff. Alex, Stees Bernstein, thanks so much, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. So Steve's a part of what's happening at the local level in the NBA 2K League with 76ers GC but to give us a more universal broad-based and global view of what's been going on with the 2K League this season we're going to speak with Brandon Donahue as I said at the top he's the managing director of the 2K League he has been part of the NBA operations office at the business side of things for quite some time and he stopped by Camden at the 76ers Training Complex a couple weeks ago, and when he was here, had the chance to sit down with Brendan Donahue, and this was our conversation. It is great to catch up with the managing director of the NBA 2K League, Brendan Donahue. Brandon, great to see you. Great to see you, Brian. What brings you to Camden, New Jersey, to the 76ers Training Complex?
2: Coming to visit the uh, Sixers GC. Uh, it's great to spend time with the players and then also we'll uh, get a chance to talk to some of the you know the
0: local folks we're chatting here towards the end of the month of June. teams have played just around ten games at this point. What have been your initial early impressions of how league play has gone this year?
2: Well, I'll go league and then I'll go sixers right so cool. th- th- so league wide I think we're we couldn't be much happier. I mean our players are have been amazing ambassadors, and I actually I, we shouldn't be i guess too surprised given the fact that. They got in this league, like, with the most genuine passion for the game. I mean, you have to remember, it was only 16 months ago when the league actually, you know, Adam Silver and Strauss Zelnick from Take-Two announced they were going to start the 2K League. And think about it. the These guys were already the best players in the world, the best 100 players in the world. And they became that good just on their own, with no path to being a professional esports athlete. So, um, you know, they became the best just because of their genuine love of the game and their genuine love of competition. So the fact that they then were, were rewarded with the chance to become professionally paid you know, and paid athletes, um, it's pretty remarkable. And I think that's why I'm not surprised that they are such good ambassadors for the game and for the league. And so I mean, they have their you know when they talk about the 102, I it, it's a it's a family. I mean they're 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 good friends with players from other teams. I mean they have rivalries, but it's um, they've genuinely love the, the league. Which is it's great.
0: Sounds like an awesome community. I'm not exactly sure who listens to our podcast aside from my parents, baby boomers. <laughs> so, if you were to describe to someone of that ilk what the NBA 2K League is all about, someone who's not familiar with it, how would you break it down? Well, when I,
2: I try to explain the league to my my parents who are 78, 79, and 80, we would need a long podcast <laughs> to, to go through that to, to recreate that moment. Um, I mean, what at the at the most simple level. We have the best 102 players in the world playing 2K. Um, we have 17 teams, all of them have six players. We play. Um, we play every week. We we bring all 70. We fly all 17 teams into New York on a weekly basis. They play Friday nights, Saturday late morning, and then Saturday evening. And um, so they um, they're playing five on five. I think I mentioned in Essential Studio. And the other important thing to mention is. This, they're not playing LeBron versus Steph Curry or Joel Embiid versus you know Kyrie Irving. I mean, they are actually they have their own unique avatars which they control all season long. So, um, so it's truly like they they are the stars. And there's but it's five on five. There's no artificial intelligence whatsoever in the game. It's you know it's they're controlling every player on the virtual court.
0: It's amazing. So, as the managing director, what are you? involved in and how do you maintain the health of the league what are the things
2: that you're looking for well first and foremost we want to make sure we have the best game possible so we're working closely with 2k you know the the, the mode they're playing in doesn't exist in the retail copy of the game um, which, which i think is, it's it's an important it's an important differentiator for us versus other esports so if you play in the overwatch league or if you play in you know in other esports titles the version the pros are playing on is a, is is a part of the retail game they're playing the same game as everybody else our players are so good we actually had to create a different version of the game for the for the NBA 2K league so they're essentially playing like you know Hall of Fame is you know the highest level in in retail copy we had to create like a Hall of Fame plus to make it harder for the players so when you see them missing an open 3 sometimes it's because it's a harder version than what people at home are used to playing I mean that's actually a pretty important differentiator. because it's a, a, pretty fascinating it is because because people when people sometimes are watching they're like, "Oh I'm better than that guy you know I, I would have made that shot if I was that open, but they don't realize it's actually much harder
0: for the layperson. How does someone via a video game be better at making a shot than someone else? What are some of the skills that make up the top one oh two that are part of the league
2: well you have to have so you if you'll often hear you'll there's a whole vernacular and a whole language amongst the players if you walk by them, you'll hear. So when you green it, uh, that, that's when, you, you know, when you're, you're, your shot is perfect. So you're literally your release point, there's a bar that actually controls your release point, And if it's perfect, it, it turn, it's green. So that's when players know they greened it. And that's when they know that they, they're likely going to making that shot.
0: As we said, there's a very select company who are involved in terms of the players in the league right now that make up the 17 teams. And it started, what, around over almost 75,000 people tried out to try and make the final cut of 102.
2: Yeah, so f- funny
0: backstory there. So
2: we were working with Toucan. How do how do we create this path to pro so that anybody playing the game who's great at it can try out from home? So we asked people to go into the game in January and win 50 games um, in the five on five version of the game in the in the retail copy. So in January we you know we we put that kind of barrier and then if you did that you qualified for the combine the tryout. So we the, the data the two K had and they have data on everything. They said the ten or twelve thousand people would qualify. So when seventy two thousand people qualified, we were. I mean, it was great news, great problem to have that we had that much interest in the in the league. But I mean, that was a it was a surprising moment for us. Um, so, but good problem to have. And so then the month of February, we got that seventy two thousand down to two hundred and fifty, and then the two hundred and fifty, the final two fifty, we actually did one on one interviews with. So, the com- oh, so, we, um, so com- we combine the interviews, kind of that the personal side of it, and then also the, the the unbelievable layers of data that we got from 2K on every single player in every single game, and it was much bigger than we weren't judging players on points, rebounds, and assists. I mean, it was their usage rate, their how perfect their their block you know efficiency was. I mean, how often they were reaching for the ball and missing. I mean, it was it was I mean it was you know tons and tons of data points we were collecting, to kind of really get a a full picture of who the best players were. And so um, so we got from 250, and then we, at that point, we went from 250 to 102 post-interview. If
0: someone just scrubbed to this point in the interview, they might think that we're talking about what the actual 76ers were looking at <laughs> when they brought prospects in for pre-draft workouts. I mean, that's incredible. So in the interview process, what were some of the things that you guys were trying to gauge? What were you looking for?
2: I mean, how good of a quality a teammate someone would be, um, how, you know, how unselfish they were. And, listen, the data had – we had backup with the data as well. And so um, – what we wanted to do was, so we also, we we created dossiers for each player. So the, the 102, we created a dossier with their stats, with their interviews, and also clips from the combine. So actually you got, the teams had the, the, the we furnished them with, with highlights and clips of what that player played like on the actual court in the combine. So teams had a good amount of information to make decisions on for the draft in April.
0: I think what the big takeaway, as we're just hearing about this part is, and for people who may not be familiar, is just how big of a deal and how seriously this is taken. I mean, the of This it's not just people sitting around and who have to catch a lucky break to leave whatever their 9-5 to five day job was to get an opportunity to do this. I mean, this is clearly a highly selective, methodical, well-thought-out process.
2: We were determined to find the best 102 players, and so we wanted to make sure we had a very rigorous, multi-tiered process to get there.
0: What's been the response from players in the league, from fans who watch, and people who are consuming this content?
2: It's been, it's been awesome. I mean, I, I think, the, um, one, it's been a great, the response we've gotten from. And we have kind of three distinct audiences. So you have 2K players. So they, you know, they, they sell roughly 10 million of, of copies of the game. There's 1.7 million people that are playing it every day for about 90 minutes a day. So that was our core audience. We knew we were going to be talking to that group. But then you have, you know, 1.6 billion NBA fans globally who we obviously are, you know, we're lucky in that we can, uh, we can attract a casual audience because you don't have to play the 2K game to actually appreciate the 2K league. Because people, basketball is globally recognizable, so people understand what it looks like when it's played well. So we had that audience. And then you have 200 million eSports enthusiasts. So, you know, we have people who are like, we thought we could potentially cross over and, get in, and have it become attracted to our league. So, and it's one of the key reasons why we partnered with Twitch. So, Twitch, you know, all of our games are broadcast on Twitch, which is the you know the preeminent esports platform for streaming. So, on average, you know, 15 million people are there per day. I think the, the number is. I hope I don't butcher this, but I think on average, 111 minutes a day of all those 15 million people. So, it is a preeminent. It's a preeminent esports platform, and we thought it was the perfect partner for us to enter into esports with.
0: I mean, this in the most complimentary way possible, it really seems like this is very much an NBA thing to be at the forefront of being in this space. It's, we're, we're fortunate that I think both 2K and the
2: NBA kind of share that in their, their DNA. I mean, obviously Adam makes innovation is a key pillar of the, of the league. Um, but in addition, 2K has also been viewed as extremely innovative. And if you look at the game itself, I mean, when you go into the game, I don't know, if, I don't know how often you've played, but the... You go into the neighborhood. I mean, it's a completely immersive, you know, video game experience. I mean, you can go buy clothes. You can go see your agent. You can go work out and make your player better. You can go play pickup. You can go play in the playground. I mean, there's you can go play with your your my career team. It's just there's there's limitless options, and so I think uh, you can get a tattoo. Um, so I mean, there's there's so many things you can do, and it, that just speaks to how innovative and how seriously 2K takes this. And so you can put your you know you can put your own face on your player. So you have that. So you have two K, and then you have obviously the NBA. Whether it's, you know, a virtual reality, a virtual reality game of the week, or you know, kind of the, you know, the, the the connected jersey we did with Nike, those types of things. So I think you had two companies that were just shared that in their DNA. So it's not surprising that, you know, that they they took this Ventron together.
0: When you go out and make the rounds amongst the teams and interact with players, what were some of these players doing before they landed these sweet gigs? Do you have any favorite stories that uh, that come to mind?
2: Yes. Um, so, you know, so there's, they run the gamut, right? I mean, you had, you had, um, you know, even, um, you know, Jeff, who's your coach, you know, he, he was, he was a high school basketball coach. Um, you know, we had Uber drivers, we had truck drivers, we had, uh, you know, guys that were working for the government. We had, um, we had a grave digger you know, amongst our group, <laughs> which was interesting. Um, See I mean we and, we and we also and we also had college ba- college athletes. So we had you know um one of the best players in the league actually is a college basketball player. Um and and so um we had we had former basketball uh players that actually were injured and then this was their way to kind of stay connected to basketball. So it runs the gamut. I mean we can tell we could tell stories about like the players and their backgrounds all day long. And I will say I think we have to continue to do a good job of that's those stories, like that's how we draw on the audience because it makes them more real and it's, um, it kind of brings the whole game to life.
0: With a pool of players that diverse, have you found, are there some underlying qualities, skills that carry over amongst the top players that you found? I know we talked a little bit about that before, but is there a skill that translates to being successful at this regardless of where you come from?
2: Yeah, I'd say two things jump out. One is I think that our best players, I think they skew high IQ. And not just basketball IQ. I think to be to understand the game and all the nuances of how to be good at it, I think you just have to be wired correctly. I think you have to be a very intelligent person. So I think that's one. Um, the second thing I'd say is the successful teams. And your guys, I me, mean, you're the second right now. You're second in the league on the standings. You can sense teams that have great culture. And it's not surprising, I mean, given culture is such a – Key pillar of this organization more broadly, um, but I think your guys' team culture is fantastic. I mean, uh, and having having a your first round pick play a very unique style. I mean, he's he is a, you know it's not surprising that your team's you know every every one of the five players in the game are actually averaging double figures in scoring because he shares the ball you know at an unusually high level. You know, he's a great playmaker. He shares the ball gets everybody involved, and I think that creates a really strong culture for you guys. So, um, so I think just not surprised, no different than the NBA. You know, Teams that make culture and you know camaraderie and leadership a part of their core, like they're going to be successful.
0: Well, it's interesting because my office is on the first floor um, towards the main entrance on the business side of the buildings. We have two buildings here in Camden and um, every morning a nice van pulls up or an SUV and out come the gamers, members of 76ers, GC, and that's got to promote teammateship, camaraderie, all that. They really do seem like they're around each other all the time they've got their hub on the third floor of the building and all that but it does seem like they're around each other all the time you've got to pick up i would think teammate qualities through something like that
2: sure and that could be a good and a bad thing right <laughs> <laughs> maybe um, some days they need some time away from each other <laughs> no but they clearly get along very well um and i think they're um it seems like they they're, they're all very unselfish and they, they all root for each other so that's you got a special mix up there.
0: We've got great swag as well. What what have you found from the players as far as how they've been uh, enjoying the experience so far?
2: I think they're living their dream. I mean it's it's you know it started at the an on draft night. I mean that that was one of the, the the my most fun nights I've ever been a part of. Just seeing all their dreams realized and like and listen I do think we truly created the NBA draft experience. I mean, so
0: you were up there rallying off names, yeah. Nice and, <laughs> and, um,
2: and we were lucky. Adam Silver did the first pick, which was super, super cool. Um, so I didn't get a chance. I didn't call Dimes his name, but after that, uh, you know, um, I took it from there. But um, that whole experience of like just the, you know, we did it. We did it at the Hulu Amphitheater at Madison Square Garden. I think you know, you're in the, the hub of New York. Um, I think that whole experience of you know you had players' families there. You know, they they were they were finding it was. They were getting, you know, called up to the stage. They were they were meeting their teammates for the first time and kind of finding out. You got to remember, the two K, the elite two K community. I mean, they knew each other. I mean, they, like, so it was wild. I, I took about fifty players or so, maybe a little, maybe sixty. We went to dinner the night before the draft, and so um, the f- wildest thing for me was a lot of them would walk in and and like start talking they had never met each other in many cases but they recognized each other's voices from their from their headsets like that's how they knew each other which was wild um so um so yeah i mean all of that kind of coming together and and, and draft night to me was something i'll never forget it was it was special so um and then obviously you know coming up to may first we had our tip off tournament which sixers you know 76ers gc took home the title right. uh, which which was awesome to see um so yeah, and, and now we're now what we're now um, into our third week of our second trimester. So we're what now two uh, nine? We're starting week nine of the season. Um, so it's it's amazing how fast it's moving along.
0: You mentioned that uh, Commissioner Silver read the first overall pick in the draft in June. He linked up with 76ers GC. Saw there were some photos on social media. How much do you think that? Goes for the players. I mean, there's already a lot in terms of the infrastructure that you guys have built, but to see the commissioner of one of the most prominent sports entities on the planet buying into what's going on—what does that do for some of the players? Do you think?
2: I think it inspires them. I think I think they realize how much he loves this league. The fact that he was at the studio uh, on a Friday night and, and and took the time to you know to come to the studio and see and see gameplay, and, and you know, he was on brought he was on the Twitch broadcast talking about the future of the league and how we think it's a global product. Um, I think the players one is they, they're just psyched that someone that smart and that innovative is is helping lead the charge. Um, but I think listen, he's a, you know they also were psyched that the, the NBA commissioner was there and he was willing to take pictures with them. Um, so I think you know it just shows how accessible he is. And I think that, uh, he was actually very excited. He loved the, the players' energy, and there it just so happened to be there were three teams standing outside the building that when he was leaving and he got pictures with all of them.
0: It's awesome. Yeah. What are some of the next goals on the horizon for the 2K League?
2: I think just trying to figure out uh, two things. One is um, continuing to kind of execute the rest of this season. But I, I would, the one thing we've been doing, um, which we promised the community we would do, is we're listening to the 2K community. And we are making, you know, if you looked at the first broadcast and then you looked at last week, they're unrecognizable. They're, 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 not, they're completely dissimilar. And so we've been making tweaks every single week to our broadcast. And the beauty of Twitch um, and streaming a live digital product we are getting feedback constantly. So we have the Twitch chat, and it's—it's it's small things, as simple as you know, um, they're, they're requesting music of our, you know, that they they want our in-house DJ to play during the game, and so we're we certainly we can do those kind of things, but you know, our camera angle now um, is is uh, was, um, you know, that idea was pushed from the 2K community in the in the broadcast. We went to um, we actually mic'd players and coaches in the second quarter of games starting last week which was phenomenal uh, feedback we got from the fans on that you know we're continuing to add things based on what the fans are looking for and I think the fact that we're nimble I think the 2k community appreciates it and they're coming back and giving more feedback
0: it's an excellent dynamic it's so cool to hear that there are qualities of an ordinary sports team like teammateship camaraderie that you would find at the gaming esports level and you would think that to a Significant extension comes from the head coach. Headed did 76ers GC land Jeff Terrell?
2: So it's a very funny story. Um, so back in January, when we had people in the you know, trying out or, or qual- trying to qualify for the combine, oftentimes I was going into Twitch just to see, you know, see the quality of play and to see kind of players emerge. Um, I had I was you know I was fortunate to follow a bunch of pl- uh, good really good players, but I happened to run one night. I'm on the train going back to Connecticut from New York. And I'm watching Twitch, and I see this player who, who um, one, I thought he was a really good player. He was a great point guard. But I, more importantly, I, 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 I was listening to him, and I, cause I had my, I had my head, I, my, my earphones, and I'm listening to him play. And he was incredibly, po- he was a positive teammate. He was setting his teammates up for success. I just really liked his style. And so I, I happened to just start kind of, you know, kind of direct messaging him on his stream. And um, it actually was, it was Jeff, your, 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 your guy's head coach. And so. Um I knew he, I knew he tried out he he then tried out in the combine. He he didn't he you know he didn't make it, but I we had, had we kind of built up that connection from when back when he was streaming and so I actually set I you know I knew you you know the Sixers uh 76ers uh, GC was looking for a head coach. And so and I knew he he, he also was a head coach for a, a high school basketball team in Oklahoma. So um I actually set him up with the folks uh, here at the here at the Sixers. And the rest is history. So he got a, uh, by being a positive influence in the community and and showing off his skills in the tryout, he actually ended up uh, landing a coaching job out of it.
0: We were joking before we started taping that I might be more well-versed in NBA Jam than I am in NBA 2K. Would you have ever thought uh, when you first got involved professionally, or even when you were growing up playing video games, that this is where we'd be at right now, where the industry is at?
2: It's it's amazing. I mean, from from where we. I mean, I'm old now. Uh, I mean, 20 21 years working in some way in the NBA. Um, I certainly didn't expect this. My actually my 12 year old actually thinks I'm cool for the first time ever. Uh, he he thinks it's way cooler now than than I was just working for the, you know just the normal NBA. Which nah, he he's a he's a, he's an avid gamer himself. So um, you know, he's he's uh, he and he loves his 76ers uh, GC. He's had the chance to meet these guys. So um, yeah, I, I I pinch myself about it.
0: Before letting you go, I'll ask you a broader base 76ers question. You've been involved with the NBA for a while. You helped teams out uh, in the um, team marketing and business operations department before you switched over to managing director of the 2K League. Business side, how would you assess the health of the 76ers right now and what Josh Harris, David Blitzer, Scott O'Neill, and Chris Heck, everyone else involved, Katie O'Reilly, are doing?
2: Yes, it's it's amazing. So um, they're all close friends. I mean, I, I've, I've known and some of them. I've worked with them in the past – um, both directly, uh, actually Katie came from Team Bow herself, Scott and Chris, Scott O'Neill, Chris Heck, they were former NBA Team Bow. So it's our, it's the Team Bo fraternity actually. Um, um, but you know, what I would say is I saw what the business was like five, six years ago before they came on board. And, um, it's amazing. I mean, truly it's, it's, really, it's a completely different organization from top to bottom. So it's been exciting to see, um, you know, it's exciting to see the building full and to see everyone and the city just on fire for the product. So, And, and I'm not surprised, given the fact, just knowing um, how bright the leadership group is here um, and, and how driven they are to success, Like, it was just a matter of when, not if.
0: Great stuff from Brandon Donahue, Managing Director of the NBA 2K League. Thanks so much, man. I Thanks,
2: Brian. It. Appreciate it.
0: Once again, really appreciate Brandon Donahue for taking the time to talk. Same goes for Steez. 76ers GC and as always thank you for listening more on the podcast coming next week here on the broadcast see ya